for the reading of God's Word. Rise for the reading of God's Word, and we are going to be in the book of Mark. The book of Mark, chapter 14. The book of Mark, chapter 14. I want to announce one last time, if you are not with your child in this service, please go to your child or bring your child to you. Even if your child was with their friends, we need you, parent, to be with your child. Okay. Mark chapter 14. Does anyone need a Bible? Anyone need a Bible? We have some Bibles here that people need in Spanish or English. Bible, Bible, Bible. We need one over here. All right, to our left. Very important to have the Word of God in front of you. As we're in these very important, um, this very important subject in the Bible. Daughter Grace, can you go back to my backpack and get my glasses? I don't think I see them. Are they on me? No, I don't think so. It's, they're in my backpack ne right next to Kenny. So Mark chapter 14. Let's read them. Mark chapter 14. We're in a new chapter. Mark chapter 14, verse 1. Thank you. It says this, After two days it was the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by trickery and put him to death. But they, uh, how they may put him to, to death. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, he, Jesus, sat at the table. A woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She's done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always. And whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Lord, we want to be like her. We want to be like her. We want our life to be a memorial for those um, who 
uh, after we pass on, if, if that happens, uh, we want our life to be a memorial as a men and women and children who love you. How do we do that, Lord? How do we love you like this woman? Please tell us, God. Today, this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you may be seated. You may be seated. So we're talking about these verses, and they're some of the most important verses in the Bible. How do we know that? Because Jesus said, wherever, this, wherever people talk about me, I want this story to be told. I want this story to be told wherever people talk about me. And, and, and so really, really important. We need to pay really close attention. And so, uh, so Dave, we're gonna go right to page three right now. Page three. So in verse one, in verse one, it says, after two days, it was Passover feast and feast of the unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take Jesus by tricking him and putting him to death. So you have one group of people who are trying to figure out a way to get Jesus out of their life. He's a bother. He, they, they want him out of their life. So much so they even want to put him to death. And so that's one group of people. But in verse three, we meet another group of people. We see, rather we should say we meet a woman and she's very, very different. Um, with Jesus, she doesn't want to get rid of them. She wants all of them. She wants all of Jesus. It says in verse three, it says this, it says, and being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, uh, this man named Simon had been a leper in the past and Jesus had healed him and he was so thankful he, he, he had a, a dinner at his house. Um, he sa it says that in verse three, he sat, Jesus sat at a table and a woman came having an alabaster flask. That means a bottle, an alabaster flask. She, uh, she had a bottle. And it says inside the bottle, um, there was very costly oil of spikenard. That means they had really expensive perfume, really expensive perfume. She had a bottle of it. Uh, and it says there in verse three, she broke the bottle and she poured it on his head. She broke the bottle and poured it on his head. That's what she did. And so... Uh, Jesus liked what she did so much. He was so happy with what she did. He said, wherever people talk about me, I want this, what just happened here, I want it to be spoken of. Now that's a big deal. Would you guys say, would you all say, that's a pretty big deal if he's saying that. Uh, and so uh, Inside this bottle, there was something called spikenard. Spikenard is a very expensive perfume. Um, it was so expensive at the time that this particular kind of perfume, only kings had it. Only a king or really pe people who were really wealthy, people who had tons of money, only they could afford this kind of perfume. 
Uh, and, and so she had a whole bottle of it. And it's, it says in verse five of this chapter, it says the bottle was worth at least work, what you, the money that you make in 300 days. So you, you work for 300 days, that's about uh, not a year, but uh, under a year, and you work every single day and you make all that money and put all that money and you buy this perfume with it. Actually, there's still perfume today this expensive, uh, except I don't think anyone in this room uh, has enough money to buy it. But she had a whole, a whole bottle of it. It says in another book there was a pound and it was worth 300, you worked 300 days just to get this one bottle of perfume. Now, 300 days working, that's a lot of money. Does anyone know how much um, that you earn in 300 days? Anyone know that? How much you earn in 300 days? Let's say uh, we, have, we have really smart people in, um, in, in our church. I, 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 we really do. So who knows if you're making $15 an hour and you work 300 days and you're working eight hours, how much do you earn? David Reyes, how much? 15 times 2,000. <laughs> 15 times 2,000? Well, that's, that's good. That's about $37,000. By the way, I didn't tell him I was going to ask him that. I just always know he has the answer. Uh, and so $37,000 was this bottle of perfume. $37,000, that's a lot of money, that, that, that this thing. And what did she do with it? She broke it and she poured it on his head. In the book of John, it says, not only did she pour it on his head, she poured it on his feet. It says here in the book of John, it says, the house was filled with the sweet smell of perfume. The whole house was filled with that that, that smell of perfume, and it was a good smell. Now, you may think this is so strange. What is going on? Uh, what is going on? Who takes perfume? Now, what is perfume? What's a good way to uh, describe perfume um, for, for the children? Well, it's a, it's a liquid. It's like a water that has really, really good smell. It's really, really good smelling water. It smells like a flower. Sweet, it's, it's like sweet, sweet flour, except it's really expensive. And this is what they did then. They actually took perfume, sweet-smelling water that was really expensive, and they put it on a guest head. The difference with this is this was the most expensive perfume. It was really cost a lot of money, $37,000. And I'd never heard of something like this being done. So, but it was something done in Jesus' day. And, and so um, $36,000. And so the question is, why? why? Why did this woman do that? Why did this woman take $37,000 big bottle of perfume and pour it on Jesus' head? Why did she do it? Someone answer. It can't be David, this one. Uh, 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 Monique, because she loved him. Because she loved him. This is why we were created, to love Jesus. Do you know that God created you to love him? God created you to love him. 
And, and, and it's just such a wonderful purpose for our life to love God, to love him. And, and, and so she loved him so much, she thought to herself, and I think, believe, I think, by the way, she prayed. She prayed to God and said, I love Jesus so much, God. What, what can I do to show him that I really love him? And God said, pour out that entire bottle that you have. You were saving it maybe for your wedding day someday. Or you were saving it um, to sell so you could um, I, I, I don't know, g- g- support your family. Break the thing and pour the whole thing on its head. Really, God? You want me to do that, Lord? You want me to pour this whole bottle of perfume on Jesus' head? It's worth $37,000, God. Yes, do it. And she said, yeah, that's, that's only God could have given me that idea. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take this whole bottle and I'm going to pour it on Jesus' head. And so that is what she did. She poured it on his head. And so um, uh, y- y- there's this wonderful person who is, is loving God. Remember in verse one, there was one kind of person, they were trying to figure out a way to get Jesus out of their life. Well, here's another person. She's trying to figure out a way she can give Jesus her whole life. Which one are you? Which one are you? Are you trying to get Jesus out of your life? Or maybe you're trying to get him out of a piece of your life. I'm okay with God being, you know, Jesus being a part of some of my life, but not all of it. Is that you? Some of you, that is you. I know that. Some of you, that is you. You're trying to keep Jesus out of some part of your life. Some of you love God, and you're just trying to figure out, how can I give God all of it? I know, I know that's some of you in this room. It's like, you don't know how to love God as much as you want to, and you're just trying to figure out, God, how do I love you? So, so um, that's two kind of people here. And so important, so important that you understand you were created to love God. This is a great way, by the way, to talk to someone who, uh, uh, that in your family who doesn't believe in God or talk to a stranger. Just be- say, say, just tell them, do you know that you were created to love God? Do you know that? That's why, that's a purpose of your life. You were created to love God. And, and we know, how do we know that, by the way? Well, we know it here because Jesus is saying, tell this story to everyone when you're talking about me. But someone came to Jesus and said, what's the most important thing that I should do in my life? What's the most important law? What's the greatest law? What is it? Um, is it uh, going to church? Is it uh, going to Sunday school? Is it, uh, uh, is it um, um, praying? Um, is it uh, uh, making sure that I give money to God? No, those things are not the most important thing. The most important thing is to love God. That's why you were created. Now, if you love God, you'll be doing all those other things, but the f- most important thing to do is love God. That's what Jesus said. We read that in Mark chapter um, 12. And so as strange as it is to think about it, the one thing God wants from you, what's the one thing God wants from us? He wants our love. 
He loves you so much, that's what he thinks about you. He wants your love. He doesn't want your love going to other things or other people. He doesn't even want um, um, most of your love to go to your mother or father or wife or husband. He wants your love to go towards him. That's what he wants. And if you give your love towards him, you'll be loving your mother and father. You will be loving your brothers and sisters. God wants your love. He wants your love. Okay, so you have this woman. Um, she is loving Jesus with all her heart, her mind, and your soul. So there's other people looking at this as she's pouring out this $37,000. Can you imagine that, Jonathan? $37,000. She's pouring it out all on his head. And there's other people watching. There's other people watching, Sarai. <laughs> they, 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 they were w watching and they got really mad. They got so angry and upset. That, that it says here in verse four, it says, but there were some who were indignant among themselves, meaning they thought this was the wrong thing to do. Um, and, um, and they said, why was this fragrant oil wasted. Really, perfume is a better translation. Why was this perfume wasted? You're wasting this money by pouring it out on Jesus' head. Verse five, for it might have been sold for more than 300 days of working money. 300 denarii. You, you, you're wasting this and you could have given it to the poor and it says they criticized her sharply. They criticized her sharply. And that word in the original language criticized her sharply. Um, it's a word uh, that means, uh, where is it? it? It means, it's two Greek words, enbrimi, which is the word described, to, uh, the word used to describe a horse that's really mad. Have you ever seen Evangelina, a horse that's really mad? And they, 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 got, they, they do a snort <laughs> like that. Yeah, the, the, after they do a snort, they probably run around and like they um, gallop. They, they gallop around, they get really mad, and, and they start making loud noises. That's the word that's used here for these people. They, 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 they're using, um, uh, they, it, it says they were snow, so mad at this woman for taking this perfume and pouring it on Jesus' head that they started snorting with anger like a horse. That's how ugly we are when we're com we complain, by the way. You know that, Dean Jr.? When you complain, you, you, you look like, you're like a horse snorting. And, and, and tell that to your dad next time he complains about something. But, but, but uh, that's how we look like, honestly, really. That's what I look like when I complain. I look like an angry horse. And, and the Bible says, don't murmur, don't complain. Don't sit around, because when you're complaining, you're really complaining about God, because he has you in that situation you're complaining about. And, and, and so um, they're, they're really mad here, and they are really ups, uh, upset. So I will tell you um, that when some people <clears throat> uh, see you, when they see you, loving God, when they see you reading your Bible, when they see you being nice to people who are really, uh, that everyone hates, when they see you uh, talking about God. If you're in school, what happens a lot in Boston, if you're in school and you're talking about God, you will get people 
angry at you. They will begin to uh, get very upset at you and they'll tell you, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? They will do the same thing. They'll do the same thing as they did to this woman for pouring a $37,000 bottle of perfume on Jesus' head. So let's read what Jesus said after, let's read what Jesus said when he saw these people getting real angry, he saw these people getting real angry um, with being angry at this woman. So this woman is loving him, people are angry at her. What's Jesus' response to that? Um, it says here in verse six, Jesus saw them and he said, let her alone. Let her alone. And these are good verses to go to when you are finding that people are angry at you for loving God. Some of you, your own parents will get angry at you for loving God. Your own parents will get angry at you for loving God. And, and, and what do you do? You go to this verse and you read it and you see, okay, now I know. I'm feeling really bad right now, but I know this. Jesus is on my side. He's going to deal with these people. He's going to deal with these people who are coming against me. And I, I tell you, over the years, I've seen in frightening ways people who have come against the ministry and myself, and we, I just leave it alone. It's frightening what the Lord will do. I don't want to get weird with you, but God, God does it. <laughs> he does the same thing uh, uh, today as he does then. You just leave, the Bible says, leave revenge to God. You don't take revenge. You, some, you don't re most of the time, you don't even have to say anything. Just leave it to God. Leave it to God. Um, and so um, he says this, again, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She's done a good work for me. I like the fact she just poured a $37,000 bottle of perfume on me. I love that. It makes me very happy, it is what she, um, he is saying here. Don't trouble her. She's done a good work for me. Verse seven, for you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. She's done what she could. She's done what she could, Jesus said to them. She's, she has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this good news, this gospel is preached, wherever people talk about me, in the whole world, Jesus says, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. So Jesus is not happy with these people, tells them to, uh, tells them to leave her alone. Um, again, again, um, so important when that happens to you, you just remember that um, this has been happening, this happened to this woman in, in Mark chapter 14. You remember Jesus is on um, your side. But I, I do want to, to talk about something um, that I think is in this verse which is just so wonderful to think about and, and um, it's just so wonderful to think about uh, and, and really try to apply it to our own lives. 
why did this woman love Jesus so much? Why? We know this woman's name was Mary. We know that she had um, a brother named what? Lazarus. So why did, why did this woman love Jesus so much? Someone shout it out. What? Okay. Because she's a sinner. That's good. Yes. Grace. What? She brought, very good, Gracie. She brought up her brother Lazarus from the grave. Jesus. Jesus brought up her brother Lazarus from the grave. Jesus had raised her brother um, from the grave, and that's, uh, she loved him a lot for that. And that's a good answer. But I believe the better answer was the first one. It was a good answer, Gracie. But the better answer is the first one. She was a sinner. She was a sinner. And it says here, notice how Jesus says here, it says in verse 8, Jesus says, this woman has done a good thing. She's done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Somehow, I believe this woman knew that Jesus was going to die for her. I believe she knew that. Jesus had been telling people close to him, like her, that he was going to die and that he was going to die very soon. This woman knows that. Jesus had also been telling people close to him that he was going to die as a payment, as a ransom, as a payment for the sins of the world, for the sins of each one of us individually, he was going to die. And she loved him so much for that because she realized she didn't deserve to have anyone die for her. Because the Bible says that God is so good. God is so wonderful, he's so perfect that um, we deserve a serious punishment um, for our sin. The Bible says that you, all of you in this room, you deserve a punishment for your sin when you lie, when you cheat, when you steal, when you hurt someone because you're mad at them. The Bible says that you deserve a punishment from God. Um, and that punishment is a forever punishment. It's not just go to your room for one hour. It's, he is so good, he's so holy, it's an eternal punishment. The Bible calls it hell. That's the punishment for, for sinning against God. Um, God created us to love him. We've said, but when you lie, when you cheat and you steal, when you hurt someone because you're mad at them, the Bible says you're not loving God. You're actually hating him. The Bible says you're hating God. The Bible says you're hating God when you sin, when you disobey the Bible. That's what it says. And it says that you deserve... For hating God by sinning, you deserve a forever punishment. Forever. Eternity for all time. But, but it says that God loved you so much. He loved you so much. He sent his son to die instead of you. 
He sent Jesus in the world to die instead of you dying. That's what, that's God loved you so much um, that he did that. And, and it says that when you tell his son, when you tell Jesus, Jesus, please come into my life, become king of my life. The Bible says that Jesus comes into your heart and you are saved from a punishment and instead you get to be in a, a loving relationship with God. You, need, you get to have Jesus inside of you for all eternity. That's what the Bible says. And when you really understand that, Everyone with me here? When you really understand what Jesus has done for you, that you deserved hell. You don't deserve anything that you have today. You don't deserve your parents. You don't deserve your home. You don't deserve food. You don't deserve your clothes. You don't deserve your friends. But the Lord has given you all that and plus that He saved you from your own sin and you will have an eternity with him. You love him. The reason we don't love God as much as we uh, should because we don't understand what he did for us. And, and, but when we, when we start realizing how wonderful, what incredible thing that Jesus did for us, um, he died on the cross, there was blood pouring down, and that our sin, my lying, my cheating, my hurting someone because they're mad at him, caused that blood to flow, and, and he, he died instead of me dying, oh, I start to love him, and man, do I want to pour out a $37,000 bottle on Jesus' head. That's what the good news of Jesus is. That is the gospel. And so I, uh, I want to talk about this. We won't be much longer. We're going to have communion, but I want to talk about this. Jesus isn't here as a human being. He's in heaven, and he's in our hearts. He's, if you've accepted Jesus in your Um, into your life and made him your Lord and your King, Jesus is living inside of you. Did you know that, Elodie? Where does Jesus live? In your heart. And where else does he live? Inside of your body. That's true. And where else? He lives. Where is Jesus? Exactly. Wow. Someone's been teaching you the Bible. Jesus is in heaven and he's in your heart. The Bible actually says, someone just asked me, what does it mean that once we have Jesus in our heart, we're seated with him in, the, in heaven? It's a very deep verse. Well, <laughs> Jesus is in heaven and he's also in our heart. And in a sense, we're in heaven with him because he's in our heart. Don't try to get me to explain much beyond that. But he's in heaven and he's in our heart, the Bible says. So we, even if we had a bottle of perfume worth $37,000, we can't pour it on his head. And so what do we do? What do we do? If we want to love God like this woman, what, do, what, what is it that we do? I asked God that question. I was teaching this same story in, uh, to the church, and I was like, God, I can't pour a $37,000 bottle of perfume on Jesus' head, on your head, how can I love you like this? And I started thinking to myself, well, I need to just go to the other side of the world and, 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 and live 
in the middle of a jungle, and, and I thought that was the only way really someone could really, really, really love Jesus. But then the Lord spoke to my heart. He spoke so clearly to my heart. And he said, no, you have sweet perfume. <laughs> you got a bottle of perfume worth $37,000, even more than that. Because I have put the love of God in your heart. That's The Bible says that he puts love in our heart. And when you, Steve, have a person in your life that is really mean to you, that is cruel to you, that's nasty to you, and you love them, you are pouring sweet perfume on my head, and the whole room is covered with aroma. Everyone's going to, everyone's going to experience that. And so what I do so often is that when I have someone being really nasty to me, what's my what's the first person first thing I'm thinking about. Someone, someone who knows me well. Where's my wife? What am I thinking about? That's not my first reaction. I'm not that spiritual. Not that bad. I mean, there was a time I would punch them in the mouth, but I want to run away. I want to get them out of my life. I say, surely God would never want to make me unhappy. So I got to get away from this job. I got to get away from this family member who is um, making me feel very unhappy. I got to get away from this uh, church person. I got to get away from this stranger who's treating me like I'm some kind of jerk right now. I got to get away. And the Lord says, okay, I gave you a $37,000 perfume bottle. You don't want to pour it on my head? Go your own way. Listen, Calvary Chapel, <laughs> there is a way for you to love God like this woman. I have a mentor, his name is Damien Kyle, and, and, and he, he, he said something once which I so appreciate. He goes, yeah, it's true that missionaries living in the middle of the jungle, and, and I have a brother who, who's been a missionary his whole life. And he's lived in places where Christians are really, really persecuted. Next week, we're going to hear from Adonish um, and her trip to a persecuted place. But, but um, that's true. And missionaries are pouring a $37,000 perfume on Jesus' head by serving the Lord faithfully. I have a good friend who's serving the Lord faithfully in a country. And his church is probably less than 10 people. And you know what he's hearing from people looking at it? What a waste. What are you doing this for? You left the United States. The United States, everyone's dying to get to the United States. And you're here being in a church of 10 people? What a waste. Sometimes in your own mind. You're doing something. You're a mom at home with a child. And all the other moms out there are going out, going ahead in their career, and you're thinking, what a waste. In other words, you're speaking the devil talk to your own heart. But God's saying, no. <laughs> you got a $37,000 perfume bottle. Are you going to pour it out on my head now? Are you going to do that? And you have a choice, Calvary Chapel. 
we have a choice of whether or not we want to love God like that. We have a, a perfume, it, it, and, and, and it's, called, it's called love and joy. So it's not only love, it's joy. In other words, oh, I gotta love this person. I gotta love this coworker who backstabs me, who, who, who treats me so bad, who it, it, it makes my life miserable, or this, um, uh, this cousin, or this, this, this person on the street who's in my face. I gotta love them. No, joy. God's given you a love. He's given you a joy. Why do we know that? Because Jesus Christ is filled with love and joy, the Bible says, and he lives, as Elodie said, within your heart. The Bible also says that too, by the way. And so are you gonna do it? You have a choice. You have a choice to live a lukewarm life where you never love Jesus with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, or you have a, 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 a choice to love God, like this woman did. Oh, did the Lord do a great thing when he told me that. And I want the same thing for you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up right now. Worship team, please come up. And we are going to have communion. And so you have a little, a little thingy, Bob. Let me grab one. You have one of these under your seat, and if you don't, raise your hand, because we switched the seats around, so raise your hand if you don't have one of these underneath your um, chair, because we switched the chairs around. If you could just leave them up, um, I beg your pardon. If you could just um, keep them up. Nice and high. So this is communion, this is our communion cup. It's filled with grape juice, and on top of it, there's a little wafer. It's, it's, a, it's a bread wafer. And we know from the Bible, don't we, Leela? We know from the Bible that Jesus gave us the great privilege of taking bread and remembering his body that was broken for us. And taking the grape juice or the wine, and that makes us remember that his blood was poured out for us. And, and, and guess what? I, the purpose of communion is, is that you remember the Lord and what he did for you and what God wants to happen in your heart that when you take communion, you realized that blood that was on Jesus, you caused it. You're the cause. You're the problem. You're, you, he did that so that you wouldn't have to be crucified. He was crucified in your place. And let me tell you, when that happens, when you realize what the cross did for you, you'll begin to love him so much, you're gonna be asking God, how do I love you? Where's the $37,000 bottle that I can pour out on your head? That's what ha one of the things that happens in communion. It's a very serious time. The Bible says that if you are, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, uh, let a man or let a woman examine themselves, uh, verse 28 of chapter 11, 1, um, um, 1 Corinthians, to make sure they're not 
taking this juice and this bread in a, in a way that is wrong, in a way that would get God very upset and unhappy, in a way that would make God weep. Do you realize, church, that Jesus weeps, God weeps? <laughs> he really does. When we disobey the word of God, because he wants our love, and we love him by obeying him, but we're, when we're not obeying him, and we're saying, and I have no intention at all, I, I fully intend to walk out of the service and continue this sin, that makes him very upset. But he says, if, if that's you, don't take communion. Don't do that, lest God's judgment come on you. God takes very seriously what his son did. He had to watch his son die for us. And he doesn't, he's not happy. He's, he, he's upset. He weeps when we continue sinning in spite of the fact that he died for us. Now, um, some of you may have sinned this week. Um, I guess, actually, I know you did, and I know you sinned this morning. The Bible says that we sin not only by doing things, but by even thinking them. If we think we're real angry at a person and we're just like a car, it, it reaches a point into the, where you're now sinning. The original thought's not sin, but as soon as you latch on to it, that's sin. And the Bible says all of, us did, all of us did that even this morning in some way. We sinned. And, 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 but the wonderful thing is we can take communion simply by saying, Lord, I sinned. 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sin, if you tell God that you sinned, he is faithful and loving and just to forgive you of your sin and to clean you of that, that sin that you have that upsets him. So if you have a sin, just don't, don't stop from taking communion. Just say, Lord, forgive me. But if you have no intention of stopping your sin, don't take communion. That's what the Bible says. That's not Pastor Steve. So um, let's, let's take communion now. But first, I want, um, wh what I'd like to do now uh, is, is for, if you've been asked to pray, if you could come up, if you'd asked to pray, if you could come up, um, if there, we're just gonna stand now. You can hold this in your hand like I'm doing. Um, we're going to stand now and we're going to worship before having communion. We're going to sing to the Lord before having communion. If there's anything that you want to pray through prior to drinking of the cup and eating this bread, and you want to pray about it, come up and pray with us. We'll be up here to pray with you. And um, But otherwise... Worship God. When you see the lyrics up there, don't just sing the words from your mouth. Try to sing them from your heart. That's very hard for me sometimes. Um, but, but, but when you see the words, sing them from your heart. Solomon, can we get another couple over here? Maybe David Blades, right in front of that speaker there. And so let's, let's do that. Let's have a time. The Bible says to prepare your hearts for communion. And if, if, if anything else, else you just want to pray, Lord, I, I want to love you like this woman. Uh, uh, who is in my life or what is in my life now 
that I need to be pouring out my love and my joy on that I've just been complaining about. When we complain about things in our life, it's like dumping mud on God. That's true. Rather than perfume. God, I don't want to be like that. I've dumped a lot of mud on you. I want to stop being like that. I want communion. I want my life to be about putting perfume on you. I want to put love and joy on, 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 on the people around me and the situations that I'm in. So let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would prepare our hearts for communion now. In Jesus' name. and pray. Anyone else want to prepare their hearts for this really holy time? It's holy in the sense that God has, has prepared it especially for us as a gift. If anyone wants to come up and pray through before having communion, come up now. 